brought to you by the world-famous Hustler Casino in Los Angeles, California, and PokerRags.us. This is Sessions, Season 6, The Final Chapter. Can we go from rock bottom, buried in debt, homeless, and in desperate need of therapy, all the way back to flush, simply by never giving up, no matter what? I don't know, but this is the year we find out, so buckle up for one last ride. Week 1 of 50, Resolutions, The Session. So as all the Patrons know from the lead-up that dropped yesterday, the one that was delivered to their chosen podcast players through their RSS feeds that they got when they signed up at patreon.com slash dgafpokerplayer, I ended my poker year um, in 2022 on a positive note with five wins in a row, the last one being at Resorts World in Las Vegas late Christmas night. Well, it was technically already the 26th when I started that session, but you know what I mean. Since that Christmas night session, however, I have played zero poker and I have not commentated, which is also something that keeps me fairly sharp. So instead of being in rhythm in a poker sense, I've been working on this podcast. I was working on finishing off season five correctly and setting up season six. A lot goes into it. Um, a new intro, new outro, new design, new format, new goals. And yeah, I've just kind of been working like a madman in the last uh, week or so. So I go into my first session of 2023 a little bit spazzy slash discombobulated from working too much and definitely a good amount rusty from not playing or commentating on poker for over a week. It just takes a week for me to get rusty. Uh, also, I am in charge of the lineups for Max Payne Monday on Hustler Casino Live, and we had a late cancellation, so I was dealing with that on my way to the Hustler as well. And um, luckily, I called Nick Vertucci, who always wants to play, and he said he would come over. And I think Nick is actually a good fit for the show socially. He's funny. He can bust balls. He can take it. Um, the only issue is that he's a very studied poker player. He's kind of a tryhard, and he has to be in the games he typically plays in. And those kind of people are typically not welcome on Max Payne Monday. It's more of a fun game. It's more of a game to try and build our audience and 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 build uh, what expand the poker world beyond the people that that want to try so hard and, and use solvers and all that shit. Um, we want to get people from different industries. We want to keep everything light. I'm obviously a retired pro and a very accomplished one in the live world. But um, if you've ever seen me play, I, I, I don't try very hard and um, I spew real hard. So Nick isn't a good fit in a poker sense. He's going to play too well pre-flop. Um, but, but, you know, I needed someone who I knew had money to uh, to show up on short notice. And, and I think he's great socially. So um, I'm going to put him next to me and, and we can bullshit. And uh, yeah. So anyways, it's 4 p.m. Pacific on January 2nd, 2023, when the cameras start to roll. And here is what happens. Well, I got stuck immediately by punting. I had queen four offsuit and I three bet. Is this a play I make off stream? No, not typically. Uh, in a nine-handed game, almost never. But we are on stream. And here's a bit of advice. If you ever do get to play on stream, try and put on a show in, in whatever way you can. Um, dress show-worthy, uh, be social, provide action, and so on. And the thing I can do is, I mean, I, I can give away EV by drinking and, and playing hands like this. And um, anyways, you, sometimes you win when you three bet with queen four offsuit. I got multiple callers, including Nick Austin, young guy 
who's uh, kind of got that new pro vibe. Um, and he, of course, he just flops the nuts, calls three bets cold with King Jack offsuit, something that's not going to be advised in a regular poker game, but it's completely fine in this one, given how wide everyone is when they open and when they three bet. And he flops the joint, and I get a run out where I think I should bluff the river, but it's, it's hard to get someone to fold the absolute nuts. And that's what he had. And so I get stuck right away. And if you're new to sessions, I am in the process of making a really tough comeback in life. It seemed impossible when I embarked upon it and didn't really get anywhere for the first couple years and then started to make some progress in the third year, mainly as a podcaster. And then I, I won, I've won every year, every season of ses sessions, but, but not enough to even put a dent in my debt and, and my expenses. And yeah, so I, uh, what, how did I get on that? I don't know how I got on that, but, uh, oh, I, well, I wanted to point out that money is tight for me and I'm staked and I'm in makeup. I've been in makeup for a couple months and I depend on making money in poker, but when you're in makeup, you don't make shit. And I went on a pretty big downswing, um, at the end of last year. I think I just got burned out in addition to, to negative variance. Um, I worked too hard and really the, the bullshit uh, scandal and, and put that in quotation marks just wore me all the way out and made me angry and I wasn't myself and, um, you know, and also I play really big. Um, the game after the stream gets even bigger and this game seems like a small game, but it, but it's not. It's 10, 20, 40 with a $20 big blind ante. Um, and then you see p people putting on the 80 a lot. And then I put on the 200 sometimes and it gets even bigger after. So why is this relevant? Well, I get stuck right away and that's relevant. I have tilt issues because of all the financial stress in my life. And I try to I try to just do some breathing after I punt it off into the nuts. The new pro flops the nuts, of course. And I get the run out that makes me have to bluff off another $720 on the river. I think it was. So uh, what, do you, what, what do you do when you're stuck and you need to win? You just uh, you get bailed out by the dealer sometimes, and I did. I got pocket kings when Hustler Brian had pocket tens, and the flop came nine high, and the money's just going in, and I got a little slow roll in against him. That's the culture of the game. I had met him once before on the casino floor, and he told me I made a horrible call against Sia, the bot, and I thought that was funny. I said, you want to play sometime? And uh, that that's Hustler Brian. So... A nice bailout. Um, bought in for 5K and dusted off over 1K pretty quickly, just punting and and then got got a nice double up and then some because DQ was hanging around for a bit. I think he saw the flop as well. And then I just went on a pure fucking heater in the first 30 minutes of the show. Um, I made a straight as DQ made two pair, stacked his ass. And I just, I, I just ran, I just ran really hot in the first 30 minutes with magic in the box. And I was up 20K quick. Um, and then I made a, one good fold preflop that was kind of noteworthy where I folded ace 10 suited because Marwan three bet and he was sitting next to me and just seemed uh, very strong in that hand and he turns out he had kings I, I watched back and he had kings um but now lauren comes in and lauren is a great dealer but i just feel like you know you know how dumb it is like the guy that's like oh this dealer always kills me i don't even know if she does but i felt like she was going to on this night and uh she did i i lost uh, about 15k of that profit back in in her down and it was just uh, me playing my aggressive 
style and, and being very wide preflop, but also, you know, I'd make it a thousand with tens and a good spot for it. And then, and the new pro Nick Austin would call with a six and would come ace high and he would bet and I would fold. And, um, then I had a, a pretty unfortunate hand where I three bet to 800 and something and DQ called with, um, like 1600 behind something around there. And he had seven, five offsuit and he flopped a straight and he got the double up because there was one spade out there and one, you know, I'm just going to ship it. He, he could have so many hands. He seemed like he was on tilt because we took his card protector away from him. Um, that was pretty funny. That was just a, uh, you know, that, that's just something <laughs> that, 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 that came out of this nonsense, this uh, Garrett and Robbie thing that really probably should have stayed between them or the people at the table that night. And it just really became this systematic thing with systematic changes. And one of them is you can't have a fucking car protector and DQ was very upset. And so he was on car protector tilt and, and he called 800 and something preflop with seven, five offsuit and flopped a straight and got the double up. And then it's time for my best play. The format this year will be notes, me running through the session very vaguely. And then for my best play and my worst play, two hands, I'm going to go into detail of what I saw at the table, what was going on with me, and my thought process. And so here, and, and sometimes the, the worst play will, will come before the best play. It's just whenever it came in the session. And this one at 137.27, so we're about an hour into the session, and I've I've swung really hard. I, I was up 20K and now I'm about, you know, I'm up a little bit. I'm up, well, I shouldn't say a little bit. I'm up about five. But um, I, I'll tell you why this is my best play. So it's a limp pot. It's just 10, 20, 40 with a $20 big blind ante at this point. The 80 was on a lot on this night and, and bigger straddles were on as well. But it, this one is just 10, 20, 40 with a $20 big blind ante. There's a bunch of limpers, and I'm the small blind with queen eight of clubs. Obviously, I'm not folding. Um, what sometimes I'm squeezing, and uh, you know, other times I'm, I'm completing and, and, and trying to get in there for a limper and trying to flop something. Well, because of game flow, I think limping is easily best here, where I've already been very aggressive pre-flop. And I don't have, even though I'm winning a little in the session, I don't have a winning image because I've dusted off so much recently. That's game flow. What's going on in that moment? In that moment, people think I'm spewing, I'm tilting, I'm losing. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm spewing, of course. I'm not really tilting. Um, I'm not feeling great about, you know, that I was up 20 when I could really use that. And I'm only up five, but I'm not, I'm not tilting, but... I don't have that winning image that you need to make these squeezes profitable. So I'm just going to limp in and try and flop something and play some poker. It's a seven-way limp pot. Queen, eight of clubs, pretty reasonable hand. There's 300 in the middle. That's seven. Uh, 40 times seven is 280 and plus the big blind ante. That makes it 300 in the middle and it comes eight, six, four, rainbow. I have top pair, good kicker. There's no club out there. I do not have a backdoor flush draw. So what to do here first of seven players to act? I think when it's so multi-way, you can just play your hand straight up. You can just bet what rates to be the best hand. Top pair good kicker should just be the best hand often here. Not always, of course, and, and not even close to always, but often. So I bet 200 into 300. I don't want to... I don't need to be betting smaller. I, I'm betting two-thirds of the pot. So... I like this. It, it's just you, you, sometimes you don't get to play your hand face up um, because you can have you know tough opponents. But when there's six opponents, they all have to pretty much just play um, straight up as well because they have so many people behind them. And even if it folds to the last person, they know that you led into six people. Um, it, it's really hard to exploit this bet. And so I like it. I bet 200 and it folds around to Sashimi. She had the opposite start that I did on this night. She was running into it. She was punting and she was down 20K 
quick. Does she tilt? Yes, she does. She was complaining. She's, it's, it's interesting how far she's evolved as, or how much she's evolved as a poker player. When I met her, she was the tight, quiet player, the, you know, trying hard. And here we are, I don't know how many months later, and she will go after anyone who's trying hard. She kept saying, go play at the Bellagio. Go play at the Bellagio if you want to try hard. And she was upset. She was overdoing it a little bit, but that's okay. She's she's really, she gets it. She just now needs to reel it back in a little bit. Like, hey, th these are new players. And, and sometimes we're, bring, we're bringing on, this is a show. We want to bring on views. So, of course, uh, she wants to only play with action players and people that are going to stay till five in the morning. And that's from a poker perspective, but I'm, I work for the show and I'm trying to get people who are going to bring views. And so they don't have the same rules as people in with, with, you know, less social media. So some people just bring views via their social media and then they don't have to play crazy. They can kind of try hard, especially if this game's big for them. And it is big for a lot of the people that come on. So I was trying to like calm her down a little bit. Uh, just saying, it's okay. You're a little grumpy, and and you know I've been grumpy a million times on the show, and just kind of pointing out to her that, that it's okay. Like, the, you know, we got a good we got a good game here, and, and anyways, so it gets to her, and she raises to six hundred. So she over limped, and uh, in the seven way limper on eight six four rainbow, I lead two hundred into the field. The first five opponents fold. And the sixth opponent, a very capable and a little bit steamed up opponent, raises to 600. 3x on 864. What hands do I beat? Well, I beat 9-7, uh, of course. Um, I beat eight seven. I beat any pair plus gut shot. And uh, I, I beat, you know, a, a pair of four, ace four uh, with a backdoor flush draw, ace six with a backdoor flush draw, or uh, if she played seven deuce very interestingly i beat a lot of hands because we are playing the seven deuce game and that means if you win with seven deuce everyone gives you a hundred dollars and then the last person gives you 200 so you get 900 bucks every time you win with seven deuce and, and people play it creatively some people blow up pots pre-flop some people limp in and go for a limp re-raise whatever so there are hands that she could be raising with that i beat obviously um and as mentioned she was a little bit irritated on this night, but I have been in the game for a very long time, and there's just something about the way she put in the 600 that seemed really fucking strong to me, and I don't want to get into the details, uh, you could you could go back and watch it if you want, uh, you know, it, on YouTube, Hustler Casino Live, 137.27 of the Max Payne Monday show, but so that here's what here's my thought process in this moment pre-flop um i already told you i couldn't squeeze because i didn't have a good image for it uh, <clears throat> i'm on a downswing in the session and you know queen eight isn't the best hand to squeeze with but but you know sometimes i would but i didn't and, and that was correct and then leading to leading like a nice strong bet on the flop is i i, I usually don't bet big on flops and i'm very uh tricky i guess but in my lines but here's just a a, a spot to play straight up and that's lead two-thirds and i did in in this limper and so then when it gets to her and she raises she must know that i have something pretty good and then and now you start thinking well unless she's leveling uh this is a fold because uh, i am at, kind of at the bottom of my lead 200 into 300 and, you know, in six opponents range. I could have two pair. I could have a set. Um, I could have a straight. And so uh, any other opponent, this is a fucking very easy fold. Well, Sashimi's very, very capable. And the last time we played, she ran a huge bluff on me after stream. And I folded. And she, she threw me her cards like, good fold, bro. And she said that, and I looked at them, and she had, she just had missed a gut shot, and so I tilted, 
and <laughs> but whatever that that was you know weeks prior and so here she's very capable if it's if it's a lot of the other players it's an easy fault it's not easy against her because of all those reasons she's very capable she's very spewy now she's on tilt a little bit she's stuck 20k um but this this is poker you you take all the variables and you give them the weight you think they deserve so she's capable okay that's 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 some weight for continue she's very capable seven deuce game that gets some weight right she could be playing seven deuce in an interesting way and she flopped a gutter and and sure she she could have open-ended she could be trying to buy a free turn card uh these are all weight for continue and then on the other side you have weight for uh make a discipline fold and that is your line is strong even though it's you leading into six opponents is strong anyone and um you're at the bottom of your range you know i don't think you have worse than sure you could have top pair worst kicker but but pretty much the bottom of your range so now now you have a pretty you know, the left side, you have reasons to continue. Right side, you have reasons to fold. And then when I'm when I'm on my game, I go with the little, the, the, the decider, the thing that pushes, you know, the, the, the scale one way or another. And that is just the way she put in the chips just seems strong as hell. And uh, I started talking to her, which is reasonable. We're, we're good friends and uh, you know, she talks to me in hands and whatever. And I just, um, uh, the talking to her didn't really do anything, but I just went with that little tiny thing that, that I just saw when she put the chips in. That, that was the thing. Okay. This is how I've made a lot of money in my life playing poker is just, uh, no, that's the thing that pushes me over the edge. Fold. Don't put any more money in fold. And it turns out she flopped the joint. So, I and you don't know this until later. She said I I had seven five, but but we always lie to each other. Everyone does at the table and says like, oh, I had the nuts, good fold, right? But so in in back to back hands, I think it was back to back hands. I lost to someone who had seven five offsuit and flopped a straight. And the first time I made it eight hundred something. And so if you're gonna call, you know, a thirty year stack with seven five off suit and flop straight, I'm giving you the double up. If I have two overs and backdoor flush draw and I might have the best hand. Sure, that, that was DQ's situation. This is different. Limp pot. Um yeah. So I don't know. I folded it and I felt good about it. And and why is it important? It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But I am a very volatile player because of all the stress in my life and it's no one's fault but mine but uh that I that I got myself in the situation I did in, in 2017 which was you know a quarter million in debt and, and no bankroll and all that um I didn't do it consciously uh if that's the right word or conscientiously I should say it just I was I was spiraling and I didn't realize it but it's my that's my you know, don't beat yourself up about it, but it's on you to dig yourself out. And so this financial stress is on me. So it's really important that I don't continue in this hand when I know I shouldn't. What if the turn's a queen or an eight, even worse, and she wins a big pot, and then it could all spiral from there. So so it's it's important when you see something that you know, just fucking go, go. Your first instinct is, is, is best, just always in live poker, and that's yet another reason to play fast. Just wait. You got to take some time because it's not an easy spot, but you, you, did the, you did the thing. The left side, reasons to continue. Oh, it's sashimi. She's down 20K. She's in punt mode. She's on tilt. Um, and we're playing the seven-deuce game. She's very capable. And she likes to try and outplay me now. And then the right side is the, all those other reasons. And then you're looking for something to push you, you know, one way or the other. And it's, oh, wait, just the way she put in those chips. That just, from everything I know, from the tens of thousands of hours I've played this game live, that shit's strong. 
And I'm going to take a sip of this uh, 7-Up Zero Sugar Cherry Soda, which is not strong, but it's refreshing. Okay, so after this, I'm kind of card dead for a little while, and I'm spewing and gambling, and I get there against DQ, and then I have an interesting hand against <clears throat> Hustler Brian, where I had squeezed with 10-9 suited, that's a very good hand, and I flipped the flush draw, I came 8-8-5 with two clubs, and I check called, and I really thought that he um, had a draw. And so there's a good chance that I might just have the best hand with 10 high. And so on the turn, the turn was a break. It was a three I checked and he bet. And I put him to the test. I went all in. And he had three six of clubs. So I was right on the flop and then he turned a pair and then I went all in and then we both were able to flush and I, I got there. I had other ways to get there. I could counterfeit his two pair. I could catch a five, a nine, a 10 or a club. So, but that's fortunate when you get there. And it's fortunate that I got there in a hand against DQ where I put the $200 straddle on and I flopped a flush draw and got it in. And he had, I believe, top pair. And that was nice. I also had one where I called Hustler Brian with a seven on King King seven. He had sixes and he went runner runner to beat me, make a flush. And so... Things are, you know, going good and bad. And, and I had a really interesting hand against uh, DK, which I thought about making my worst play, where I had ace-nine offsuit, just some spewy starting hand. And I just had a read that, that, that he wasn't strong at all. I believe it was king, three, four. Um, and he check called, and then he led on queen. And I just thought this was weak. And I raised to 3,400. And is this, like... I have the read, right, that he's weak, but I got ace nine. I think maybe calling is better than than raising and, and folding is reasonable. Um, but I don't know. Folding's not really reasonable if you know the guy is super light and slash bluffing. But with ace high, you could just call. Um, it, it wasn't against another opponent. This raise would be great against DK. Man, the guy lives in, in Beverly Hills. He's caked off. He's drives a fucking Bentley. Like, this is he, this is nothing to him. So, uh, you know, 3,400 is a lot to me in my situation, but it's not to him. And um, he called with ace-10 and river to gut shot. And I, I, I didn't like the river, Jack. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I probably... I probably was shutting down anyways. I was just trying to charge a draw, and I had the draws beat, Jack-10 mainly in 5-6. I didn't know he was going to call me the gut shot. But uh, I've also decided that pretty much I'm never going to make anything I do against DK my worst play because here's the secret to live poker. you got to give action to the action players. You have to spew sometimes. into. You have to punt to them sometimes not not like super purposefully like uh but anytime I give him action it's good because he deserves it he gives the most action the the game wouldn't be the same without him and I just believe in that that you got to give back and I don't I'm never going to try and play great against him I don't believe I would ever try and like I don't think you'll ever see me in the tank against him. I'm happy kind of clicking buttons against him um, and, 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 you know, gambling it up and, and hopefully making good decisions sometimes. But I, it's never going to be my worst play, anything I, when I put a lot of money in against DK because he's he is puts in the most money of anyone. And those guys need action. So, yeah. So now it's time for my worst play. And like I said, it's not going to be against DK. Could it be against DQ? Hmm. Let me rewind to the beginning of the session. DQ was in the two seat. I'm in the eight seat. That is position. He has position on me. He is a big fan of having position on me. I know that very, very well. And uh, I gave him, I spotted him position. Yeah, it's two seats away, but but that's still position, right? 
And I tried to give DK position on me. That, that's another thing I try and do because he had a rough run at the end of the year. I try and put him in the ninth seat. That's the best spot to be in on um, my direct left. He doesn't want it. He wants the five seat. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. So uh, DQ, I got him in the two seat for this game. Well, and, and, and he should be content with that. Well, guess what he does? While I'm busy doing something, getting wanded down or whatever, he gets Amanda Botfield to switch. She's in the two. And uh, I'm sorry, she's in the one. He's in the two. He gets her to switch where she's going to go to the two and he's going to be in the one. Eh, this is very debatable, marginable, questionable. Probably questionable is the best word to use here. If this was someone that wasn't an action player, this would be the last time you fucking play on this show, pretty much. Like, you don't just... There's a reason we're all in the seats we're in. It's for the show. It's for optics. It's for conversation. A lot goes into it. And I think I'm very fair with the action players. If you're on my right one time, you'll be on my left the next time. I, I, I do that. If you're on my left, you'll be on my right. And... He gets to be on my left. I don't even remember where he was the last time he played, but he it was a long time ago. But sure, he's coming back. He does a lot for the show. He's great for the show. He's Mr. Max Payne. And so I'm in the eight. He's in the two. That, that's conceding something. And, and he's a, more of a tryhard than you think. He, he's worked on his game a lot since the first time I played with him. He three bets me relentlessly, which is something you can do against me in a nine-handed game because I'm providing action. I look down, and if it looks, if it doesn't make me queasy when I look down at my hand, I play it on stream. So obviously it's going to be extremely profitable to be three-betting me very wide in position, except you have to worry about the people behind you, but, but yeah. So he switched from the two to the one. Okay, that, that doesn't go unnoticed. He's trying to get better position against me and put Amanda, who's likely to play pretty tight, on his left. And this is just a little maneuvering. And this is the poker world, and it's not dirty, but it's it's questionable. And, and like I said, it's not going unnoticed. So he's going to try and play hard against me, is DQ. That's clear to me. And here we go. At 5'11", 44, so the show is coming to an end. The show is five hours long, but there's a 30-minute intro, give or take. So we got about 20 minutes left in the show. And this hand is 10, 20, 40, 80 with a $20 big blind ante. This is also kind of a, a blueprint. You want to, to make money in poker, start with blinds that are reasonable. 10, 20 with a $20 big blind ante. Okay, that's what we start at. For an orbit. And then after that, oh, everyone's comfortable now. Okay, we're putting the 40 on. It's a show. We got to have three blinds. Come on, guys. Okay. And now people are, people get numb to that. And it's like, well, let's put the 80 on. Let's do a round of the 80. Okay. So here you have a game. Do you think any of these people, I mean, some of them would, but most of these players would not play 40, 80, no limit. But they're happy to play 10, 20, 40, 80 with a $20 big blind. Because it's just brown chips and what could go wrong. And so this is what, this is what you want to, you want to play, you want to win more money at your local casino. Don't try and spread a game. that's going to scare people, spread the normal game and then add straddles. Just, it's just how you do it. It's just the most proven thing in live poker. And, and yeah, and I'm happy to, to drop strat that that's good for the game. You know, if it's good for the good players and for the game, that's a win-win by definition. So yeah, at 5.11.44, we got the 10, 20, 40, 80, $20 big blind ante. And Brian, Hustler Brian limps first to act. Okay. And then DK raises to 230 next to act. Okay. It folds to me. I'm on the button with ace, jack, suited. I want to three bet. And what sizing to go to? I went to 830. I actually like the sizing a lot. If you think your sizing should be based on calculations multiplication, 3x, 3.5x, whatever, you are missing out on, on what's really important in live poker. 
Make it easy. It's 2.30, make it 8.30. It's only 600 more. It's just six fucking white chips more. You don't don't make it like, how much more? 570 more? Like, this is bullshit. It's going to slow down the game. It's going to interrupt the flow. Ah, 2.30, 8.30. I like the sizing, okay? So everything, this is my worst play, but it starts off fine. Pre-flop. DQ cold calls. This is one of the few hands he's going to be out of position against me. He cold calls, Hustler Brian calls, and DK calls. Look at this. In this little 10-20 game, we have 34-70 in the middle. I'm in position with Ace Jack of Diamonds. This and no one seems very strong. This is a good spot. And the flop is very good. Queen, Queen, 8 with two diamonds. They check to me, and I fucking click a button. I bet a little over half. I bet 1800 And I think with river bets... You can bet, you know, I think as often as possible in a game of this size, you should be betting in hundreds. It's just, it moves it along quickly, and that's what you want. You want more volume. Live poker is excruciatingly slow, and you want more volume if you're anyone. If you're good, if you're bad, you just want more volume. And so I bet um, $1,800 into $3,470. This is not good. This is bad. My my, I guess my instant thought was this will look like a pocket pair, and some people do bet like this amount with a pocket pair, and I just want to fold out smaller pocket pairs, and then it will look like a pocket pair, like pocket jacks. But you know what? These motherfuckers aren't folding anything to me. They're not folding anything better than ace-jack to me when I bet here. So this is kind of a torch job if it doesn't have, if there's nothing behind it. And this is, this is probably, but I just kind of was thinking, okay, there's 30, you know, I, I didn't know exactly how much in there, but I was like, there's about 3,500 in there. There's 3,470. So I'm going to bet a little over half, 1,800. And... That's fine. You do want to play fast, and it's okay. If this is just a heads-up pot against DK, it's okay. But DQ's in there, and and even against Brian, but DQ's in there. And this motherfucker went, got for more position on me, and, and he's been three-betting me a lot, and, and he, you know, he, he's gunning for me. And so in these spots, once there's th over 3K in the middle, okay, now play a little bit of poker. Now think for three seconds before you act. And I didn't. I just bet that amount. And and DQ called and the other two folded. And he said, I checked dark as there's $7,070 in the middle. Okay. So when he checks dark here, well, it doesn't matter. When he calls, he has, um, he could have, here, here are the hands he could have. He could have three queens. He could have a mid pair between, you know, well, he could have any pocket pair, I guess, probably between deuces to jacks. I'm blocking jacks, so tens. And um, I don't believe he can have kings or aces. And he could have a draw himself, I think. But when he when he checks dark, I, I just think he has a bluff catcher or, or stronger. He doesn't have a draw. I got the draw. And... But now I look, and the stacks are 17K effective. That's what he's got in his stack, and I got him covered. And this is dicey because I don't like betting once. That Betting once was fucking 2007. Or two, like, no, you, you got to bet more than once in, in this day and age where everyone's chasing back to our equity. Everyone's calling the flop as a bluff catcher. The, like, people have learned to not make big folds on, on flops. So I don't like this. And yeah, it was multi-way. So, so it's reasonable to just try and win the pot. Yeah, there's 34 out there. It's bad. This sizing's fucking bad that, that I chose. It should be smaller or it should be a check. And I think I like smaller. I think I like about a quarter pot I, I or even less. I think I could bet like... Um, you know, I, I could bet I made 830 pre-flop. I think I could make it somewhere around there on the flop. And 
DQ calls, like I said, and then check dark after the other two folded. And now I got a problem because if I'm going to bet the turn um, and he ships it on me, I'm fucked. And that's what I'm thinking. And that is a little bit monsters under the bed thinking of this guy can have a queen. Of course he can have a queen. Uh, he can have pocket eights. Sure, he could. Uh, he could also just have a bluff catcher, a pure bluff catcher, like um, an eight, right, that he called cold. I mean, you're not going to give him that much. You're not going to put it in his range that heavy, an eight that he called three bets cold. He called 830 cold, not closing the action, out of position. He's going to fold a lot of eights. So he could have queen. Yeah, he could call king, queen, queen, jack, those kind of hands. Uh, queen 10 suited, sure. Uh, he could have those pairs. I was talking about nines and tens, of course. And just really the best way to play because you don't want to give free cards to fucking king 10 offsuit or whatever. You know, Hustler Brian and DK or Super I think I want to be betting here in position, but it needs to be way smaller than 1,800 because I got to leave myself room to maneuver. And I didn't. And so when the, tur the turn's a brick, if the turn is, is a big card that gives me more equity, say it does give me a straight draw, um, I, I could bet again, right? And, and just deal with it. If, if he shoves, just, just say, oh, well, he's just got it, right? And just fold. But... Yeah, the turn's a brick, and he checks, and I just decide he's not folding to me. He, he's done very well in life, and he's just not folding to me. And so now I got to take my medicine and play this hand like it's fucking 2007 and just check back and like, okay, dealer, an ace, a jack, or a diamond, please. And um, the river's a brick as well, and he checks and just give up. This part was okay. The give up on the river's fine. It's good. The turn is actually, I think, a good check back, too, given the blunder on the flop. The flop bet is just too fucking big. It's, it's, it was careless. And I play pretty careless, but I, I, I say that I play careless in general, but in the big pots or in the big spots, I make good decisions, and I didn't on this flop. I butchered it. And, of course, I could have realized my equity and would I have called it my worst play? Hopefully, I still would have called it my worst play. But it definitely was my worst play. If I'm if I'm not gonna if I'm not gonna judge myself for anything I do against DK in heads up pots, which I'm not going to. He's the, he's the action guy or buddies. I, I'm going to to play horrible against him and smile every time. I don't care. But against DQ here, um, and he was in the pot, and, and you know it's four ways, four ways. Anything's fair, and I should just bet very small, or you know. I could I could bet fucking six hundred on this flop. Yeah, but uh, I I think you know closer to the the what I made it pre flop is better, and it would give me what it would do is it would give me a second street of uh, of barreling, and it would it would it would make it much tougher on him in, in different games. Well, you're just not three betting and picking up three callers. But in different games, I think a checkback's pretty good. And then and then you can turn your hand into a bluff and with equity on the turn. And you can you can continue on the river. It this hand really bothered me. Not because there was seven thousand in the middle and, and I could hit an ace, a jack, or a diamond and, and I whiffed because I certainly ran well in in many other hands on this night. But just the way I played it was just so old school vanilla week okay so acknowledge it and move on um i have to acknowledge a, an honorable mention for worst play after this i raised with ace deuce offsuit um and i think there was a pretty big straddle on maybe oh the 160 was on and, and i i made it 400 and i think i made it 400 or maybe yeah i don't remember but but amanda made it a thousand in the small blind and i just had a i just had a read that she was light I just, she, she was playing the most solid at the table, obviously, but I had a read. She was light and DK cold called. I have ace deuce offsuit and I wanted to put in the motherfucking four bet, but, uh, you know, she had, she had enough chips for me to make her fold. 
uh, to really, but the problem is then DK could have me crushed and he's not fooling anything. And so it's honorable mention without him in the pot, if I didn't four bet, at least I continued. I had the best hand with ace, deuce, offset, and I continued and, and I didn't flop anything and she bet and he called and he won. He made a pair on the turn, I think. Uh, but still, I think if I'm, if I'm a little more tuned up, if I'm not rusty, I think I just always four bet when I get that read and I don't care if, if DK just has some good hand, good for him and I'll be overplaying ace deuce offsuit, but he has so many hands that, that are worse than he did. He had, I think he had seven, four and she had queen jack offsuit. I just had a read and I didn't, I didn't go with it and I, I don't like that, but you know what? I'm human. I haven't played or commentated in a fucking week. I've been doing all this other work on content, which is where my passion is, but I still depend on poker. So it's okay. I, I didn't play well at all on, on this stream. I had a nice, you know, nice hand against Sashimi and a nice full preflop against Marwan. And I don't know if I did many other things well. That's okay. That's the beauty of being in a fucking fantastic live poker game is you could play your your c game your rusty old c game c minus game maybe and you could run hot too and, and i did i won about nine thousand. and if you haven't yet sign up at patreon.com slash dgaf poker player to hear everything that happens in my life from this moment up until the next max pain monday session when i hope to be more in the zone so you'll hear about what happened after stream when we kick it up um, in the days to follow when I'm commentating things that happen, maybe a game on the casino floor. And then you'll hear about me coaching my son in basketball with the fucking Grizzlies with three and oh, my, my, my daughter's the assistant coach. You'll hear about some degen moments when I get back up here for the next week. And, and you'll just, you'll just have the story and, and then I release it on Mondays. Uh, so so this the structure this year is a lead up every week to me playing on stream. And I record it on Monday before I go play on stream and then I release it. And then if you're, if you're a patron, when you sign up at patreon.com slash DGAF poker player for $4.22 a month or more, you get an RSS feed that you connect to your podcast player, Apple, Spotify doesn't do the RSS feeds, but many others do. And so you can listen to it and then watch the Max Payne Monday. And you have all this context that other people are like, oh, shit, this guy said he's going through it. He had a rough weekend. Um, he's, you know, he's low in his mental cycle or no, he's he's doing great. He's happy. He's confident. Let's see how he plays. And you just have this context to, to the stream that I think is pretty cool. And then, um, uh, and then on Tuesdays, I'm going to recap it as I did here. Although I think there's going to be a new wrinkle. I think I'm going to start live streaming the recaps with my best and worst play. And I'm going to do it at Hustler on stage by myself, mic'd up. I'll be wearing shades because I still hold on to that shred of anonymity. And I'll have my laptop and I'll have a live chat. I think we're starting that next week. And I will re do, it, do it as I did it, review my, my best and worst play. And it'll be a process, a learning process where maybe we'll show the hand. Uh, Ryan Feldman was talking about we could show the hands and then you can talk about them. Um, and then I'm going to interact with uh, the chat and then maybe, you know, interview a player that's playing that night, whatever. So, uh, yeah, but it, if you sign up, to become a patron at patreon.com slash DGA of poker player, you get the context, the life story, which a lot of people greatly prefer over the poker stuff, but some people greatly prefer the poker stuff. And so it's a balanced podcast. And this one's called, this is week one of 50. I plan on playing 50 times on stream this year. Um, if, if there's Mondays that the show takes off, I'll, I'll just have to play off stream. Um, or maybe make it up by traveling and playing somewhere else. I don't know. Um, but that's the plan. And uh, in the lead up, well, th this one's called resolutions. In the lead up, I said the resolutions are 0, 219, and 35. And I said, I'll explain what those are in the, in the, in the session review or after the session review. I'm going to.
uh, my goal in this sixth season, sixth and final season of sessions is to get out of debt. I've done almost everything else I wanted to. I've returned to high stakes. I'm becoming more comfortable. I'm not perfectly comfortable. No, I won't be until I'm out of debt. But um, I, I've got my own place. I didn't have a place for the first three years. And then I got a granny flat that someone rented me. And then I, I, I got an apartment. And I, I've done everything that, that I wanted to do. But I, I really want to get out of debt. So that's my first goal is zero debt. And I'm going to check on it every, or not check on it, but, you know, I guess check on it every week. It's at 112.5,000. It was 250 when, when I hit rock bottom. That was, um, you know, five years ago, six years ago. And I've cut it in more than half while maintaining a very high monthly nut, keeping my kids in, in the house that they grew up in. I, that was very important to me. Uh, and um, also having residences myself is important to me and needed for sleep and everything else and just, you know, getting through this grind. So we start the year 112.5 and I got to get out of makeup. So that's what, that's what the, I have so many jobs that cover my high monthly nut, but the poker is what will what I can uh, start chipping away at the debt. That's what I was doing. That's how I got it down. Um, last year, I had a good year in poker. But when you're in makeup, you don't win shit. So we got some work to do. That's the main goal this year, the main resolution. The 219 is 219 pounds. I want to weigh 219 pounds or less by the end of the year. I don't have a scale where I'm at right now, but I know I'm way more than that. I was doing well in the trim down department. I was, well, I was making progress last year. And then that whole fake fucking scandal hit. And it really turned my life upside down and fucked me up good. And I just haven't been on that healthy eating and, and, and weightlifting path since. And I need to get back on that. I, I'm not going to be overly ambitious here because... I don't have time to go work out. I, I work. I still work every single day and night, pretty much. I don't have time to go work out. I don't often. I often don't have time to get proper sleep, and you you need those things, or you know, eat healthy. Like I'm eating at casinos a lot. You you need those things if you're gonna drop significant weight. I just want to drop enough to where I feel comfortable in my clothes and. Um, you know, and, and feel like in the in the following year, I can really focus on my health more um, when I'm 50 years old. So that's, that's what the 219 is. And we don't know where we're at yet, but it's significantly higher than that. I know that. I'll, and I'll weigh myself uh, when I go back down to San Diego. And 35, I said I want to play 50 sessions on stream this year. I want to get 35 wins. That's 70%. Last year, my goal was to win two out of three sessions, and I did exactly that. Not just on stream. Um, I played. I ended up playing 153 sessions last year, and I won, uh, what, 102 and lost 51. So I, I won exactly two out of three. Um, I want to win 70% of sessions on stream. I'm going to play off stream as well, after stream, uh, you know, other games I'm building at the Hustler. And occasionally I'll play at other casinos. And those will all be included in the lead-ups um, that, that drop on Mondays. But but I really want to focus on on-stream for a couple reasons. The the I don't know if it's the main or it's just one of the one of the reasons is I want to continue to show people the way I think live poker works. I've written about it forever. I wrote about it on 2 plus 2 before anyone knew who I was. Forever. DGAF on 2 plus 2. I had, I had this, this really long thread. Seven years it went. And then I yanked it from there. Place just, I can't handle that place. But I wrote about my experiences. I've been in this game a long time. I used to be a pro. I used to be 
2,500 hours a year pro, work on my game all the time. And at first, I played like a pro at the table, and I've documented, I won a lot, but but it, it, it led to bad things. It led to people not wanting to play with me, basically being kicked out of my local casino, not by the management, not, not for doing anything dirty or anything, but, but for winning too much and trying too hard in really soft games. And then I went to Vegas, and I just learned this different way to do it. But I was still a pro. I still played a lot, which kept me sharp every time I played. And also, even though I was being social and sometimes putting on a show at the table, I was working on my game hard away from the table. I was, I was getting reps in. I was, I was breaking down every single live hand posted on 2 plus 2. And then you get older and you start having kids and then you start having other passions and you get you, you want to do content instead of play poker and so I'm no longer a poker pro I'm a retired poker pro I'm a content creator but I still believe the same shit that that I learned in in 2008 when I learned you can play your hardest but that's the easiest ticket out of good games it's the it's not a good long-term way to make money unless you're in a very specific situation. If you are allowed to play in big games, say on our stream Wednesday, Friday, you can be a Tommy tryhard because it's big enough where it's going to generate views. People are interested in it. But you think those games, those fucking Tommy tryhard games would go if they weren't on stream? Hell no. They don't go. They break. They get smaller and smaller every year. So... I've I've been writing about this, and then when I got an opportunity to start playing on stream last year, it was, okay, now I get to show people. Not only that you can win playing a bunch of hands, people say, no, you can't, no, you can't, you got to play tighter. Okay, well, at some point, my my if you don't believe my, my graph, which I've won every single year except for 2017 where I barely lost, um, well, you're seeing it, you see it on stream, so... I want to continue to prove it. I want to win 70% of my my sessions on stream this year. And I want to do it my way. Having a good time, building good games, and normally making really good decisions in big spots, which I didn't do in week one, but luckily I ran well enough to fade that. And that's the main reason, or one of the main reasons. The other main reason is I sell action to people who support my content, who who sign up at patreon.com slash player. There's different tiers. 422 is the entry tier. And, the, you know, you get all the content. And you get a forum, just like 2 plus 2, but it's private. And then 844, you get that stuff. Plus you get social media, which is, uh, well, you get Slack, which is basically like social media without the toxicity. And then at 1688, you essentially get rake-free poker. That's pretty cool. And then at the next one up, 27 a month, you get essentially no vig sports betting and then at 51 a month you get all that stuff i listed and you get to buy a piece of me every time i play on stream and i think i'm plus ev on stream i was when i run well it looks well to some like i'm fucking cheating because i get i am very uh dependent on running at least okay and when i run well i get confident and 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 i get less worried about the money and the monkey you know that, that's always on your back when you're in debt well it goes out to have cigarettes during hands and you can do some sick stuff like i did last year against ruske in a hand and yeah i so i want i wanted to make it very plus ev for people to just sign up and be at 51 a month because they get to buy pieces of me and i'm gonna fucking crush and but i'm gonna do it my way and anyways we start off the sixth and final season of sessions. Okay, we got the W. We got the content. We got all the changes in the content, the new design, the new intro, new outro done. I'm pleased with it. And so it's an okay start, and and, and it's going to be a good year. And then, and then we'll move on to something else. This is the end. I hope you enjoyed this drop of sessions. This is the 
Head on over to patreon.com slash dgafpokerplayer to get the entire story. When you sign up for all the content, you also get membership to DGAF Community, an online community of communal folk. I hope to see you over there. Otherwise, Just kidding, that shit was dramatic. But seriously, we are building something beautiful at DGAF Community. No nits, which means no parasites, no trolls, no haters, no judgment. Just two-way streets, equality, acceptance, and lots and lots of fun. Sounds pretty good. Doesn't it?